and Ziploc that Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap I remember nights, I didn't remember nights I damn near went crazy, I had to get it right Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper Hey, Now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper The absolute truth, yeah, no joke Thank you, Mr. Jeezy. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Trap Draw Podcast. This is a perfect club. My guests are the Schuster Brothers. The Carter Brothers. The Carter Brothers. Tron, how are you? Como estas, Randy? Neil, how are you? Bien. Mm. Me too? Muy bueno. Hey! Hey! Uh, I guess happy Cinco de Mayo, a week late. Uh, I hope well, everybody... Two, uh, two days late. Uh, two days late. Three days late. Well, yeah, that's when we're recording. People will listen to uh, this. Oh, cool. Next week. Uh, <laughs> before we get into our, our perfect club today is on the F1 Drive to Survive people documentary are, series. Are about it. I haven't seen this much engagement on, on Netflix for any other topic. Unbelievable. There are currently two seasons available on Netflix. Uh, before we dive into that, though... I want to thank our sponsor for today's podcast, one of our sponsors, Pinehurst Golf Resort, Pinehurst, North Carolina. Uh, if for some reason you guys don't know, it's home of Pinehurst number two, which is the site of 10, count them, 10 USGA championships. Uh, number two has also hosted the Ryder Cup, the PGA championship, even two tour championships. It's uh, the famous home of Donald Ross. Many of the game's greatest players have won at Pinehurst, including Mr. Nicholas, Francis Wiemet, Ben Hogan, Walter Hagen, Sam Snead, et cetera, et cetera. Tron, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's your favorite part of going to Pinehurst? Great question. Uh, Neil, go first. <laughs> My favorite recency bias is playing the hickories on number two. They have hickory sets there, so if you go visit, maybe carve out some time to do that on number two, number three. No, I mean, I think those two courses specifically. And, and tee it forward. Absolutely. I have so much fun on number three. Big fan of number three. Um, I really like this will do. I like I like the put I like the putting green, especially there at sunset. This will do the putting green. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, they opened the cradle in 2017, which is a 789-yard short course designed by Gil Hans. Uh, it's been called, quote, the most fun 10 acres in all of golf. I can attest that it was an excellent time. From a guy who doesn't like short courses. I know, I know. Um, Pioneer's number four underwent a redesign by Gil Hans in 2018, and they're doing a lot of cool stuff off the golf course. They've opened the Pioneer's Brewing Company uh, they've op they've restored the Manor, which is the youngest hotel there at, at 97 years old. There's the North South Bar inside the Manor. Uh, it's just a great place if you're looking to take a golf trip. And I know we're all going to be looking to take golf trips soon. Head on down to Pinehurst. Tons of good golf. Tons of good stuff to do off the course. We thank them for their sponsorship. And now, guys, let's get into Formula One. So speaking of the engagement, let's just start there. I mean, so you threw this out on Twitter. I was floored. Well, so uh, a couple months ago, you know, as season two of this Formula One Drive to Survive came out, uh, I had, or maybe it was even like Q3, Q4 of last year where I said uh, um, Max Verstappen reminded me of 
of Cam Smith a little bit, just um, look wise. Look wise, and then uh, and then as season two was coming out, I said that uh, Daniel Ricardo reminded me of Ricky Fowler. Which and, is a good take. Yeah, it's a so great take. many people many. said that was a great take, and a few people said that was a terrible take. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's let's rewind it a little bit. Exactly. So I, I, I can set the stage a little bit. So TC has been bugging us about watching this series. And I, you know, one of the first questions on our agenda is, you know, what's your background with Formula One and any kind of motorsports? And mine's like literally none. I, I've always been a, a, kind of a NASCAR hater to start with. Like, oh, they turn left, you know. I've been to a NASCAR race. I got... I blacked out, like you know. I, I just sure. I, I couldn't couldn't get into it. NASCAR sucks. Um, and so I was like, all right, Tron, I'll watch the show. And I, from the literal first episode, hooked. I think this is the talk part. to me about the format of the show for anybody who's not so it's, aware. It, it would be kind of a hard knock style, you know. Pick your storyline, really up to the producers to kind of find what they want to feature. It seems like season one they were. Um, relegated, not relegated, but they had to focus on the uh, the teams that were looking for attention. So Haas gets a ton of burn in the first one, doesn't get as much in the second season. Uh, it seems like Mercedes and Ferrari just said like middle finger, basically, like we don't need you guys and we don't want you sniffing around in our in our business. Um, my my only F one, like the extent of my uh, experience with it, was the movie Driven with Sly Stallone and uh, Sunshine from Remember the Titans. A classic example of a, a good bad movie. I'd encourage you guys, a 2001 flick, uh, to go back and watch it. And I remember thinking when I watched that movie, you know, the, the Sunshine comes on the scene as the hot new driver, and then like you know has a couple. It's like this guy's amazing, and then he has a couple bad races, and all of a sudden he's like about to lose his spot on the team. And I remember thinking like that's so unrealistic. Like they would never do that. Well, sure enough, I'm watching this F1. And I'm like, that's literally what it's like. Like these guys, there is, <laughs> what have you done for me lately embodied? And that's what's blown me away is just the, uh, the musical chairs of, of drivers, the politics. It's, it's just a perfect, and the way the show's constructed, it's perfect because there's so many, you know, ways they can, storylines that you kind of need someone to, uh, you know, edit it all down. And, and for someone who's a novice, take me to what they, th this is what you need to know, basically. But Tron, before I ask yeah. you, hold one second. Uh, so each season entails one whole calendar year of Formula One racing. Twenty-one so, races, I believe. Yeah. So, so season one chronicles the 2018 F1 campaign, and then season two is also available right now, and it chronicles the 2019 F1 campaign. Ten episodes a season. They range from I don't know 32 to 50. 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. They, and that's also interesting how some of them are shorter and longer than than others. And I think it gives you the the wherewithal to you can dive into Wikipedia results that of races that they didn't really show or dive into. It's mm -hmm. it's a perfect intro without really spoiling anything. Well, it's funny cuz I've been watching it with my girlfriend and she's she's kind of hooked on it too. And she's like I I'm fr she gets frustrated cuz she's like how many laps do they do? Like some of the basics, right? So I think you it, it probably would behoove people to have a, a basic working knowledge of you know what the races how they're structured uh, she's like, well, who won that one? You know, right. so what the, like it, it, it's great to have an accompanying, you know, research that goes along with it. Like you, you're learning as you go along. Hey, why is that? All right, cool, just Google yeah. it. You know, yeah. Um, I think for me, I I, I watched uh, the documentary on Artem Senna. Yeah. Uh, the the excellent documentary. Yeah, that was on Netflix. That's been on Netflix for a few years now. 
remember watching that and thinking, God, this is this is fascinating. Um, kind of poking around and then the Drive to Survive came along, watched that, and then I, I totally forgot about it kind of and then <laughs> season two came out. I was like, God, this is this is sweet. Well, actually I, I misspoke. So Driven was the first movie, but actually the recent one with Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Oh, the movie. The movie. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus yeah, Ferrari would be that. my other experience with yeah. F1 racing. And as Randy uh, said, it's, it's you know, it's dad porn. Uh, <laughs> you know, bit. fast cars, little father-son relationship, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I liked that movie. I thought it was a good movie. It's a, it's, a, it's a good movie. I didn't – we were judging it whether it should be best picture, and sure. I don't think it deserved to be best picture. But, it, yeah, it's a I good thought movie. it was a good introduction. I, I thought it was a good history lesson, though, in, in uh, the Shelby – you know, I didn't know anything about. The only thing I knew about Shelby was Nick Cage and Gone in sixty seconds. And I think there's a lot of Eleanor. <laughs> part of the reason I, I think we that we're also taken by this is there's, there's a lot of parallels to golf. Yes, where you know it's very um, you got all these you know very multinational um, different tracks with different personalities to them. You've got um, you know it's it's very there's a lot of corporate sponsors. They kind of imbue their personality into it as well. It's inherently about people, I yeah. think. You know, like people trying to kind of make machinery work well, as best they can for them, um, and and you know, ultimately, it's about it's about power too. Right? Yeah, I can't wait to talk about the tracks. That my favorite parts of the episode are when the maps come up, and I'm like, oh, where are we going next? Where are we know, going next? It's like, oh, Belgium. What's this one going to be like? You There's know, so much logistics. Azerbaijan. Right. Holy shit! This is awesome. Azerbaijan's a that's, sweet that's, track. That's, I mean, I don't want to spoil. Well, it, but that's like one uh, yeah, of my favorites. Let's uh, let's we're we're gonna but get into all, that. Well, the other thing TC mentioned that I like is I think golf and Formula One are two places where I really I almost enjoy the sponsorships. Yeah, like reading their jerseys, like, like a golfer, like the, mm-hmm. the NASCAR award we give to guys, where it's like, who's on? Who's that? You know, it's like it's kind of it's fun to be. Seems like, very natural. Yeah, it does, it's like part of it. That's that's it. And the way these guys in every interview, I'm blown away by how they're always wearing their uniform. You know, it's almost like the way you have to wear a suit at another office. Like these guys have to wear their Red Bull, you know, swag. And right, right. I can't wait to ask you guys who you think has the best team swag. And, and I also want to say that I think. You know, for anybody listening to this who's a massive Formula One fan, and like this is like we're not trying to be. Oh God, yeah, we're just, not trying to be experts. No. or trying like we're the ignorant Americans yeah. who yeah. have never watched this, and like you know, I've never really liked mo- motorsports all that much just because we're like NASCAR shoved down our throats here, and it, it fucking stinks. Um, <laughs> but like you know, Formula One, the more you realize, like like this is other than maybe soccer, like this is the biggest like biggest sport in the world. Well, it's, it's, and it's also the ultimate rich guys hobby. Like rich, like, yo, it's like old, it's like grown up kids playing with their toys. Like, let me, yeah, I'm going to back this team and I want to be the fat. I want to go fast. Right. It's just kind of very, um, I don't know. Like it's a very uh, simple thing. Like who has the fastest car? And like the fact that I guess it's going to change in the coming years, but it doesn't matter. You can spend as much money as you want. <laughs> So if you if you're thinking about watching this series, watch the first three episodes of season one. And if you're not into it by the time you get through Monaco, then it's probably not for you. Um, but if you are, then it's it gets even better yeah. after that. Yeah, because it gets deeper into some of the auxiliary stuff, and then they season two they get into like the the power you know the power uh, conference teams, Mercedes and Ferrari. Well, yeah. I think there's so many things interesting here too, where, you know, as a neophyte, you're like, you're all right, cool. What's the relegation structure look like? You know, so formula two, and then there's formula three, formula four, like and guys that 
guys that are coming up, they've they've always done you know kart racing as youngsters, and then and then coming up, um, you know, and then all the all the technical stuff. Like you know, I know, and I think in either next year or the year after, they're it's like they're putting a salary cap on it. Yes. So everybody, you know, so everybody's kind of gonna be playing by a different set of rules or the tire rules that they have to use certain kinds of tires during races. All that stuff is like there's so many little Easter eggs that, that like the more you watch, the deeper you get, and it just hooks you. Yeah. Well, and, and when you watch a show like this, it's one of the best parts is all the questions you have. Like I constantly wonder, like, how do they get these cars across the world? Like, are they using are they using cargo jets? You know, like, are they, how, like, because they go to every stop and they've got these big, almost cities they build up in with the pit row and everything. It's unreal. You would think a lot of, in, I would guess a lot of infrastructure stays at that, like, race location. But the mod, the, but then they're bringing all the supplies. Look like and, modulars that they right. break down, put on a truck. But then, yeah. if you're going from Melbourne to, and it's, it's, you know, every week, right? So you're going to Melbourne to Japan or... It's not no, every it's week. not every it's week. Like every, not every that's week. Three yeah, they, they okay. have, right. yeah, yeah. Um, I think the other thing... So they could be, ship them maybe, but... Yeah. So question for you. Do you know who owns Formula One? You told me this. It's the uh, guy that's the biggest landowner in the US. What's his... Yeah, his company, um, Liberty Media, who owns the, the Atlanta Braves as well. Hmm. They bought them... A few years ago, they've they've kind of bounced around private equity venture firms for a while. Um, but one of the things that I think I really commend them for is Netflix basically said, "Cool, we're, like we'll do this, we'll do this series." But or whoever produced it and then and then brought it to Netflix. But they basically said, "All right, cool, like we, you won't have any veto power over this. Like whatever we want to put in here, yeah, we get to put in here." Which, so, which is how, as a viewer, it's like that's awesome. Yeah. So respectful to the viewers, where I like. Well, there's questions though. You can tell they're the handlers of the drivers and stuff. You can, and then they. I like the way when they do the interviews, they'll they won't. It's not always polished. It's like, hey, can we ask you this? Like yeah. in the last episode with Williams, you hear the interview. Yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah. We, well, we were told you didn't want to be asked that. No, ask me the question. You know, you, it's kind of like they give you a little bit of the off the record. It's stuff, like a behind the scenes editing. Yeah, too. but th that's all to say, like as a golf fan, I'd love like it's. It seems like such a no brainer layup to do for golf. And the fact that, like, but the problem is the PGA Tour would never give anybody else veto power and they would whitewash everything and it would be just the most vanilla, uninteresting thing possible because everybody's right. class act. So Liberty Media is a, what What are they? It, it, to draw to that point, though, it'd be a great model for another tour to do. Yeah. Like if the PGA Tour wouldn't do it, you know, the Euro Tour or the LPGA Tour, like I would, <laughs> yeah. the Champions Tour, I, I would watch anything kind of in this vein. Um, while you're looking at that, so did you guys ever have any, I know you said NASCAR and you're growing up in Atlanta, yeah. but I grew up an hour and a half from Indianapolis. So the Indy 500 and the open wheel IndyCar racing was big I uh, was where I grew up. I was shocked that it was Texas, the American U.S. Grand Prix. In I thought it would be, when I first started watching, I was like, wait, why aren't they in Indianapolis? I thought that was the, the stop for- But that's not, a, they, that's not a Formula One track though, right? Well, no, there's a whole interesting history there because they did do a Formula One race at the Brickyard and the, and the track conditions were like so bad to the F1 standards that they haven't gone, they like refused to go back. Interesting, because it's just—I mean, it's just an—it's just an oval. It, it's right? just an oval, but they have that whole big infield area. Okay. So they built a, a circuit that incorporated like a turn or two in the oval. Okay. So so they incorporated the oval, but then they would get off and and 
you know, do like circuit racing. I remember the one Neil and I went we lived in Toronto for a couple of years that's, growing up. Yes, I remember. And it was that. the Molson Canadian the Grand, car, Grand Prix. Well, and that's what I wanted to say is when I was growing up. So I never went to an actual in the Indianapolis 500 race, and I never even went to time trials. But my dad would take me every year. We would go to a full day of practice at the Indianapolis 500. So we would we would go spend the day and just watching these indie cars, you know, fly around at two hundred earplugs. Ear oh my yeah. god, two hundred and twenty miles per hour. That that sound and they talk about that early in one of the season one episodes, like the sound you hear when that car is flying past. It is unreal in person. Um, and cool. so I, I was a huge indie fan, and the the big. What was a shame for me is I think early '90s. I'm not. I didn't so it's research like the cart, this. It's split. exactly when Cart and Indy split. Indy, this this new Indy Racing League, um, retained the Indianapolis 500, but all the best drivers went to Cart, and so it, it just fractured the whole uh, television package. It, it fractured where the drivers were driving. You didn't know who the best was because it was exactly so what is. What's the difference in cart and cart was the the cart was like Formula One. It was like the okay. as, the race association. They were they were it, cart, it like the CART racers. America yeah, and PGA Tour breaking off from each other, and thirty percent of the guys going with yeah. cart or whatever. You know, with like the and, the and so there was America. this there was this schism, and and essentially two competing race leagues were formed. Uh, and my fandom just was never the same after that, which is I always thought it was kind of a shame. And so that that was my motorsports history w was open wheels, but it was it was IndyCar racing, um, and that's I, we can talk about this kind of after our discussion. But I can't wait to this makes me want to watch Formula One racing. And, uh, well, other than other than tr like track type, is there a difference between kart and and uh, IndyCar? Like They're similar, the car, but from a car standpoint, I, th probably some subtle differences. I'm not yeah. well versed enough to tell you exactly, but but the cars are are pretty similar. Okay, yeah, I've I've always had the sense that the Formula One cars are more powerful. They might be a little bit more powerful, maybe a little bit more refined, because yeah. uh, the Indy cars are doing more ovals. Yeah. Not not every stop was a was an oval on the cart. Um, the so I don't know how excited I am. I'm going to watch. Formula One racing when it comes back, but I I don't know how excited I think this show is perfect because it it shrinks all the highlights of the race into like a very you know easy to watch like I don't lose attention whereas the w even when you're watching the show you realize how not how little happens but like other than the restarts the start from the top then the restarts a lot of times these guys it's like the passes seem. The overtakes. The overtakes seem not few <laughs> and far between, but you got, you know, but I guess someone could say the same thing about golf. So that may not be fair. Sure. It's just, it may be something you have to watch and, and then you get hooked on it. The starts are a sweepstakes. It's unbelievable. And how almost not fragile the cars are, but like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. if they lose the front spoiler, man, uh, stop the car, stop the car. Turn. We need to cool the engine, please. Cool the engine. So going back, I think. Box, box, box. It, box. it, it, <laughs> it was very interesting how... You know, it's it's like the 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 actual race is is like the final round, but qualifying and all the mm -hmm. time trials and testing and all that. There's so much that goes into just getting the into weekend. the race. Yeah, yeah. So it's this whole ecosystem that you only really, unless you dip your toe in, you don't really get a sense of, and you're just thinking, all right, like these guys are all lining up. I don't know anything about yeah. them. You're just watching 
the cars go around the track versus, yeah. and I'm sure, you know, if somebody could say the same thing about NASCAR and say, Hey, you're missing all these little right. intricacies. I found it, the, but, uh, the, um, what's the, not testing, uh, uh, qualifying to be some of the most interesting stuff. Well, yeah. When, and with guys like messing up, you know, like, sure. like, uh, Grosjean, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe he did that in the regular race, but like when they mess up in in qualifying and Ver, how like Verstappen had a big uh, yeah Monaco crash in Monaco yeah oh, that's yeah. the best and and uh, now I'm I'm curious every week it resets where like you know Lewis Hamilton has to qualify first to get pole position correct correct so it just highlights how the only the only drawback for me is like well like especially as a, a very novice fan is well you know fuck Mercedes just they're just buying their way to the first place every week. Like they just got a better car. Like they have more money. And so it's, but that's a little they've, they've frustrating. Got a thousand employees working on this. I, and I get all that. It's just know? as a, as a fan of sports, you almost feel like anytime someone can buy their way to a championship, it, it's a little bit frustrating. Well, I think yeah, so that's, that's an adjustment. They're trying to create more it. parody. We can get into that as we get sure. to some of the episodes, a couple of things to follow up on uh, Liberty media, Currently, they own uh, 71% of Sirius XM. They own the Atlanta Braves, Formula One. Uh, in the past, they've owned uh, Court TV. Um, they had 48% interest in Direct TV. John Malone, I think, basically started Direct TV. He's like the satellite cowboy, they call him. Largest private landowner in the United States. Huh. Wild. He's like the new Ted Turner. Yeah. Well, should we die? I, I think, do, do we... Um... Well, let's highlight each team. Okay. Right. So there's ten teams. Well, okay, and well, we got to we got to differentiate between season one and season two there too. Right. And I think that's okay. part of why I love the and the Euros do this so much better than Americans, at least in my opinion. I don't, maybe that's not true, but it's just it's so simplified, right? There are ten teams, and each team gets two drivers. That's it. There are twenty drivers. There, yeah. There's not twenty four this race and twenty eight this race and thirty two. There's ten teams and two drivers. That's it. Um, so, so you know, it's like this closed environment. Yeah. Like, you, like you know exactly what what kind of world you're in. And they've allowed each team to to completely carve out their own personality. Whereas, say, the NFL or somebody else would ma- would, would have mandated so many different uh, consistencies between uniforms and this and that. Whereas each team is like basically free to do. What they need to do, as long as you know they're abiding by the kind of the rules of the sport. So I had a question there because Haas was new to it. It's the first American team in like I don't know twenty years or whatever they said. Mm-hmm. How how do they get picked? Like how do you? Because it's not like the Premier League where you get relegated if you're at the bottom, right. right? So do they just they have to? How did they get the the nod? And then if they're not performing, um, or say like Williams, like. I, why don't they get dropped for a new team just because they're willing to pay every year? So they just, you, you get to my, stay? My read is there's like 10, think of them as like just like units. And like if I own one of those units and I'm just coming in 10th every year, it's like, why do I keep wasting my money? Sure. I'm going to sell it, my unit. And that's where it's was, like you as an American yeah. could, could buy my team. You could rebrand it. I yeah. think that's the way it works. I think part of it was there was, there's, yeah, it's basically like the franchise, and the franchise can yeah. pass hands. So, so Haas was they uh, following the collapse of Marussia F1, which was a Russian Formula One team, which that would have been sweet. 
Um, they they popped up and and then d- didn't look like in 2015. They had so I'm not sure like were there only nine teams in 2015 versus 2016. Something for us to look up. But um, so and then they basically took on their shingle and said, "Hey, well, you know, we're going to rebrand as this." And yeah, which they Haas seems like kind of the PXG. So, so Haas is the new team on the block. Yeah. They're American. They're owned by Gene Haas, who uh, I did some research on Gene Haas during the episode. Went to jail for tax evasion. Really? Yeah, for 18 months, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So he got into some deep water. He owns – it's no, no relation. I was very curious. He's a California guy, but no relation to Haas Business School, which is UC Berkeley's business school. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big, uh, I think, like Chico – Stay or uh, it's like a, another UC, but like uh, inland or uh, in the Central Valley, uh, drilling like uh, power tools. That's how he's made his money. He came up in college, worked in a machine shop, and then came up with this very specific tool, uh, some type of table tool that he was just like, "Man, this tool sucks. I'm going to design a better one." A stepper motor, I think, is the stepper name. Stepper motor drive. Yeah. And he huh. just basically cornered the market on that machine and became a billionaire, basically. And so he's the owner of the team. Um, He's also and, deep in the NASCAR scene too. Yes, he has a NASCAR team. How he got and I, you know, it seems like a guy who likes his. He's his a gearhead. He's a gearhead, yeah, yeah. and I, I loved his vibe from the start. Right, like he and Gunter, the uh, team principal. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, like it's a match made in heaven, right? Gunter's my. I think even Gunter's my favorite character. A bunch of wankers. <laughs> couldn't keep everything. Couldn't seems like on. it's either on the verge of. Glory or disaster yes. with Gunter. He he, yeah. he makes these speeches to the team where you're almost like, oh god, where's he going? What's right. he doing? But then he always brings it back around. He's a wild card. Yeah. He seems to land the plane yeah. at the very end. But you're like, Ooh. I would say my favorite te- Haas team member though is his right hand man, the Asian guy. Oh yeah, who's like crying when they win and just like trying to. He's just like kind of always they play on the hot so seat. well off each yeah. other because Gunter just like berates him all the yeah. time it seems like yeah, no, this guy's just he's like, like he oh, seems sorry. like, the like we're gonna yeah. try to make it better <laughs> it's the best so and like, then, we, we couldn't put the fucking tires on the car <laughs> yeah, don't Gene you know I fix I'm gonna fix it you know we're gonna figure it out <laughs> um, what I find interesting and in kind of speaking about these team ownerships is like Mercedes owns all of their car Yes, and, and Ferrari owns all of their like car. the component or the the, but, the constructor but, versus yeah, the, but like a team like Haas is is essentially outsourcing all the parts of their car and then bringing it together and, and building it. So I, I thought, like you said, it's like one of those things you pick up on the, the deeper in you get is just the the different dynamics between the 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 teams and the companies that own yeah everything about their car and then those that are like reliant on other F1 teams to supply their engine. Or well, their- that's even a bigger storyline with Red Bull and Renault. Right. Right. Cause they use the Renault engine. I guess they'd used it for 10 years and then they decide to go with Honda, which in season two does not get enough burn. They, they cover they start it. the season with it. Yeah. But then, then the, yeah. Honda doesn't get enough credit. Cause clearly for staff, it's balling out all year and like switching to Honda. seems like the, the move of the century uh, and also, God, Christian Horner, the guy just owns all right, Cyril. So, so let's go through the all be- the, the best rivalry. All right, lay it out for us, TC. Let's go through all the teams here. So you've got, um, we never really, like, there's not a whole lot from Alfa Romeo. That's the one team that that's, I don't think yeah. we ever, Yeah, I don't think they ever do a deep dive on them. Or that's Kimi Raikkonen. And, uh, that's the Sauber? No, no, that's a different team. No. 
Or was that Sauber in 20? So Alfa Romero the, Sauber. Okay, so 2018. But like that one, you know, they just don't really dig in. That there. was Charles Leclerc. Yeah, Charles. Charles, Charles Leclerc. I love love the pronunciation. <laughs> and then there's Charles. So Ferrari. That guy. The who's the the principal? The team principal. There is uh, Mattia Binotto, who is uh, he's like the quintessential like stereotypical Italian. <laughs> You know, like the circular round glasses. Hand, handcrafted, right? Well, Ferrari's like royalty, of they course. Are. Like and everybody wants to drive for Ferrari, exactly. which is awesome. I love They're the Yankees. I'm a big the, fan of Vettel's, the dri- uh, their driver. But every time I've... No just Vettel. Vettel. Every time I've brought up Ferrari on, on Twitter, like so many people are like, oh, the Ferrari fuckboys are going to come at you. <laughs> like they sound like the most sensitive, like... like oh. You know, just just kind of well, don't don't diss the brand. Exactly. I mean, it's just the classic. It's like Man U. Yeah, like yeah. all your just huge. It seems like sports. They brands. also kind of cover it. They get the the fans show up for Ferrari. The red, you know, it's red. Yeah. It's noticeable. That's the Yankees, right? Yeah. Like it's just the the classic Cowboys, team. The Yankees. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Vettel reminds me of uh, Stenson a little bit. I know he's German, but like he's got a good sense of humor. It seems like he's kind of well. He kind of looks like he Stenson. looks like him a little yeah. bit. He's got he's like the old guy on the block. He hasn't won with with Ferrari, which is uh, clearly bumming him out. And then but who did? Because he won a bunch. Did he? He won with, with Red Bull. With Red Bull. So he was their yeah. main driver, and then he went to Ferrari, which is kind of another interesting thing. The way the drivers graduate, the way they get picked off, similar to baseball, yeah. like the Yankees, yeah. right? They'll just like yeah, we'll just max this guy out, whatever. There's not a ton of loyalty in in F1. no, there's not. Um, and I so, would say it's more skewed towards the teams. Like it, sometimes yes. it feels like these driver contracts are mean. They just a piece of paper. Like the mm-hmm. the team just dumps the guy if he's not performing. And you're almost a fan of the team. Yeah. Like like for, you're a Ferrari yeah. fan. Yes. Yeah. And and then you just you know whoever your drivers are, great. But yeah. So uh, Red Bull, you want to talk? Yeah. Well, so so we talked about Haas, which is Grosjean and uh, Magnussen, Kevin Magnussen. Bad boy. Who's a dog? <laughs> yeah. Absolute dog. Yeah. Um, big fan. Seems like he's kind of... Big fan of Magnuson, too. He's got... He's kind of... Uh, he's, he's Volatile driving style. Yeah, he's a bad boy. He's a total bad boy. Um, and then you've got McLaren. I thought McLaren was very, very interesting. Uh, you got this you know, smooth talker, Zach Brown, the team principal, who... Um, well, no, he's no, he's the CEO. Oh, he's CEO yeah. now. Because the, the principal resigned for poor performance. <laughs> And it yeah. seems like McLaren's got they're like the the early to mid 2000s like Dallas Cowboys they have this storied storied history but they yeah. just like they're just kind of like mired in long-term mediocrity and they just can't really figure out how to get out of it despite vast resources and a storied history. Um but then and then they're they're kind of mixing up their drivers as well so in season two, they're with Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz, who I know you're a big fan of, Neil Sainz. Uh, not, not really. Oh, okay. No, I, I kind of <laughs> think I think he he gets crowned a little bit. I, he has a good finish to the season, but I think he's like I'm more in the Leclerc, okay, Young Bucks. Well, let's let's. Well, they had yeah, we'll so, so, so from so, yeah. so from season one to season two, they have two brand new drivers. They're trying to just like throw the kitchen sink at shit and just all right, we're gonna. We're gonna try a bunch. Well, of you got they, they had they had the driver who retires, um, Fernando Alonso. Fernando Alonso, and they kind of wasted their their window with him, and he's just like exactly. get him out of here. That's exactly right? the way to put and it. And so yeah. 
they just couldn't get their shit together. And he was like, I'm out of here. Like, this car's not doing it. So he retires. And then you got Mercedes. They're like the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Uh, my man, Toto Wolf. Yeah, TC's boy. <laughs> he's just like... Toto, he's an alpha for sure. Uh, former, I think he's a former former like investment guy. <laughs> um, you know, like fund manager. Seems like a total just operator. Yeah. yeah. Guy, guys, puts the pieces... Knows where to put the pieces on the chest. Great hair. Um, yeah. You know, just everything there, everything with Mercedes, all the pieces seem to be in the right Also, place. the way he handles the cameras isn't like in season two, you can almost see like, all right, fine, Netflix, this has been a success. Like, we'll give you some access. But he's always like kind of slyly joking. He's like, yeah, the Netflix cameras are on me, you know? Like, oh, I better not to say too much, you know? Like, he's, he's just kind of playing the game within the game a little bit. So you've got, uh, you got Lewis Hamilton and... Valtteri Bottas, a Finn, uh, on there, which the, the Finnish uh, presence in motorsports always fascinates me. There's a, yeah, there's seem to be a lot of them. Well, Scandinavian. For, for how small of a country. Because uh, Magnussen's da uh, Danish, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then there's two Red Bull teams. So, uh, but talking a little bit about, so, you know, Mercedes isn't, isn't really covered in the first first one too much, other than just like, there's all these other storylines going on, but then Mercedes just always wins. Yeah. They're like, it's oh like, wait, like what the fuck? Like those guys are on the podium which, every time, which was frustrating. Yeah, as a novice watching, they're like, why aren't you covering Mercedes? They're winning <laughs> yeah. every race. Yeah, yeah. Hey, folks, Randy here. Sorry to interrupt uh, the episode. I want to quickly mention that this weekend, May 17th, Seminole Golf Club is the big skins match between Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, and Matthew Wolf. And DraftKings Sportsbook will be hosting a free-to-play contest with $10,000 up for grabs. It's easy to play. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, go to pools, and select the contest for this weekend's big event. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions about what you think is going to happen during this weekend's skins match. Questions such as who will have the longest drive on the first hole and many others. If you are in a state where sports betting is legal, DraftKings Sportsbook will be offering a variety of ways to bet on this weekend's match. Everything from, you know, hole-by-hole -hole outcomes to you know, will somebody hit it into the water, yes or no. So head over to DraftKings. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now to enter the free-to-play pool for this weekend's skins match. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter code NLU. That's code NLU and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Thanks to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode, and now back to our conversation. I think this is my favorite part of the 2018 is like this whole, so season one is this whole uh, subplot of uh, Lance Stroll. Oh, oh my God. God. He is the biggest What's his What's his dad's boy. name? And then he changed his teams, right? Yes. So they were they were with Williams, 
and yeah. uh, it's not because Lance. His, his dad's name starts with an L too, I think. Because his his dad is investing in the team. Yeah. But actually, Stroll ends up having a pretty good year last year, I think. Uh, Lawrence Stroll is his Lawrence. dad's billionaire Canadian businessman, um, part owner of the team. He let's see, let's see where he made his money. And Williams is the classic. Uh, they were also almost like McLaren were very good, like in the eighties, yeah, midnight up to the mid nineties, and then they've just been a, a wasteland. Well, so he, he funds he funds Williams, but it's only he, he requires them that his son is the driver. Oh my god, it's daddy ball to like the nth degree. And then so you've got the you got that you got the uh, what's her name Williams daughter Claire, Claire, Claire Williams. Williams. I mean, it is fucking spectacular. Yeah, she she can't. In season two, I mean, she like openly doubts herself yeah, all through season one, and I can't. Then that's the thing. I almost early, I'm like, man, I kind of like her, and then season two goes on. I'm just like, you're just not. You might not like, be cut out. You for don't the believe job. in yourself, right? Like, who else will? Yeah. And then yeah. like in season two, when they, when the car, like they, they just like fire. Like the guy basically walks off the job. Yeah, he he quits like, because like midway through because they don't even have a car at testing for the first like three or four days of testing in, in Spain. It was fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, you've got Red Bull, um, which the, the Red Bulls, they're, they're fascinating. Well, I didn't realize it took me a while to realize that Toro Rosso was a Red Bull team as well. And so I'm interesting how yeah. they're the only team, but only, they seem like the B, like they're yeah. like the, the yeah. B squad. So I guess Red Bull just said like, Hey, we'll pay double and get two teams. Like, and or we'll they just declare that this is our, this is our first team. I'd love to know more about the relationship between the two. Cause it yeah. seems like Christian Horner just said like, Pierre Gasly is going to your team. We want yeah. um, Albon. Like just, oh, for sure. Right? So he, he's calling the shots for not both teams, but he, he gets the uh, trump card. And then you've got um, – so Racing Point is the, is the new one now that, that, that was, Stroll is on. That, and that was Force India? Yeah, Force India. Force India was <laughs> – was sick. That, awesome. That, that, that whole story. Those are some of my, my favorite, favorite season one. Uh, their owner – uh, what's his name? VJ Malia. VJ Malia. Yeah, he, uh Indian fugitive businessman. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He runs the biggest uh, cable company in India, right? And apparently, was just like diverting money into this F one team illegally. Maybe I think he was doing some other illegal and stuff. probably some other illegal stuff. He's a Indian uh, conglomerate. You know, alcohol, aviation, real estate. He owned Kingfisher Airlines. King, that's right. Uh, fertilizer. Um, it seemed like Force India was like, "Hey, we're just gonna party until yeah. until the lights go out," <laughs> and they did, and they, and they did. So yeah, uh, VJ Malia's uh, Wikipedia page, like you could you could spend probably forty five minutes to an hour just on that. So highly recommend. And that. the only race he can go to is the one at Silverstone in in, in, in uh, uh, the UK in England. Yeah, he, he can't he because can't they leave. don't have an extradition. Yeah, he doesn't want to risk yeah. extradition elsewhere. <laughs> Uh, do we mention Th- that Renault? That brings us to Renault, yeah. Renault, sorry. Um, which, yeah, they're kind of the ones. Uh, Renault. Re- Renault. Renault. Oh, the Renault. <laughs> it's a Hulkenberg up the side. So you've kind of got like Renault, McLaren. Um, who else is kind of battling in that? Uh, well, Haas. Yeah, Haas. Trying, and Force India was Trying to get to good. the front of the line as far as the And Red Bulls. The Red Bulls like on the border between. Red Bulls almost like. 
competing for the championship, and I think all these other ones are like the best of the rest. Mm-hmm. They're almost all competing for fourth place. But but some of them feel like you know what? Hey, if we have a good year this year, it, like it's a springboard, we can probably compete with Red Bull next yeah. year to kind of yeah. unseat them. So, but yeah, they're uh, Renault's fascinating. They've got um, this kind of bitchy French guy. He's <laughs> so French. He's so, so French. And they have got so they they were uh, they were supplying. Red, Red Bull. Bull's engines. Not mm-hmm. only Red Bull, they do. Uh, they do. A, they do a few teams. A few. They do McLaren okay. as well, yeah. uh, and I think one other. So they're like the engine. They used to. It sounds like they were the best engine in the game, and then they've kind of fallen off. But it's such an interesting relationship to think about. You're competing. You're getting your engine from a competitor. And right, what that relationship's right. like, and you know, not sabotage, but like what because if Red not, Bull and Renault are. They, that Renault. Was, Renault was like the big rivalry. Yes, in season in season one. Well, specifically, uh, Christian Horner versus who? Cyril. So Christian Horner. Those, going, those interactions are <laughs> fucking awesome. Going back to the Red Bull awesome. thing, Christian Horner, the team principal, is married to is it Posh Spice? The redhead. I saw somebody on or yeah. Yeah. Ginger Spice. Ginger. Um, and he lives in like this palatial. Yeah. Like countryside estate outside of outside of London and just an <laughs> outrageous outrageous well, existence. So, but my favorite part about the uh, the principals is how big of a role they play. Like the press conferences are like soap operas. Yeah, you know they they yes. parade them all up there together. Yeah, in a way that and then the reporters ask these just like you really don't a, see the reporters really just bitchy, try to, no, like, yeah. they're such aggressive questions, questions yeah. and they try to like so like what's the relationship like between you two and then they <laughs> and then while the Re- Renault guys answering Christian Horner is just like mocking him like openly right next to him <laughs> and you're like dude how is this like appropriate this is this is ridiculous it's yeah. unbelievable it's truly leaning into the entertainment product exactly. side of things yeah. which you know it's like they they the they, sport takes itself extremely seriously in the right areas but then in other areas, they they're kind of like, hey, like this is all for spectacle. It's, yeah. it is sport. It's not it's not life and I mean it, it's it is life and death on the track. But like <laughs> off the track, it's yeah. There's some personality involved. Right. That's that's a perfect way to put it. They they are serious where they need to be serious, and then they're, they're all right. So let's let's ask who's vulnerable. your favorite who's your favorite team and team principal or maybe owner and team principal. So through season one, uh, my favorite. I, I I like the Haas guys because I, I liked Gunther. Yeah. Um and I like the dynamic between their drivers and there just seemed like God, there's just always tension. <laughs> and I think that's part of what like Gunther he like he brings that out. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right, so rephrasing that question, who's your out of the top two or three teams, who's your favorite of that? Like who do you find yourself rooting for amongst the top teams and then who which which underdog team do you find yourself drawn to? Okay. Uh I I like uh Christian Horner. I don't like Red Bull as much as a team, but I like him. I think he is Yeah. He just seems like a pro, man. And he he feels like he's the new he he was the new kid on the block and now he's kind of established himself as mm-hmm. you know, and he's always getting the best of uh uh, uh Cyril. Cyril. Except for when well Ricardo kind of cucks him. You know, but right. I still think like Horner just seems I, I to think handle. Ricardo just got the bag though. So Ricardo goes from uh, Red Bull to Renault because I think Renault just paid him 
yeah bajillion dollars but what horner like the the whole way he handled the engine thing and just like yeah we're going to we're going to honda see you dude you know and just like leaves them high it's great and then that turns into like one of the best decisions uh from my view it seemed like one of the best decisions of the season Mm -hmm. um so he's probably my my dude i and you know i like toto's a little he's a little too uh performance he's a little too much of an operator for me (laughs) like he's yeah. But he's deserved the right to. I sure, mean, sure. He's he, he's he's definitely earned. He's not that. as much fun. I think Horner's more fun to me. There's something alluring about that Ferrari red, though. As as a total newcomer to definitely, you know, it, like it's cachet. I think they probably have the most cachet. I'm with you though. I like Horner, and I found myself even though I'm not sure Red Bull. I was naturally as attracted to them, just like as a sponsor, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, out of those top three teams, I would I was leaning well for uh, especially as a as a team that is sponsored by someone that is not in the auto business to yeah. see what they're able to do because it's that put that has to put you at a disadvantage if you're if you're sourcing your parts from competitors and you got to put this all together um, from different people. I think that's a and, and I, I'm also curious. They're using Renault engines, but they're an Austin Martin. It's Austin Martin Red Bull. Right, so does a- Aston Martin? Aston Martin. Yeah. They create, I think that's the chassis, maybe. Yeah, they create the other. I guess the other parts of the car. So yeah. So just putting putting things in context a little bit. The the ten teams combined in 2019. This is estimated they had a 2.6 billion dollar uh, budget combined. Of that 10.6 or 2.6 billion, uh, about half a million or sorry, about half a billion Mercedes, uh, Ferrari just behind them about. 463 million, Red Bull 445 million, and then it's kind of a drop from there. Renault uh, 272, McLaren 269, and then Force India was paying uh, or was was putting up 188, uh, Haas 173, uh, Alfa Romeo uh, sober they were doing 141, Toro Rosso. 138 and Williams at 132. So they're operating with a, basically like 20% of the budget of. And how do these guys at the end of the year, do they, does the winning team make that money back? Yeah, their payouts based on what you're standing in the constructor standings. So like, what was Mercedes payout when they, when they won? I was just looking for that. I didn't see it on the Wikipedia page, but. Because I'm curious for, I can understand I, from I doubt Mercedes. they're losing money. If they were, but it would make sense for a company like Mercedes, or it would it, it could make sense for a company like Mercedes or Ferrari to lose money based on the cachet and the marketing you get from having an F1 car. But somebody like, I guess you could say the same thing for Red Bull. It's going to help them sell energy drinks. Um, I'm just wondering if it's if it's a profitable enterprise and like where the Mendoza line for that profitability is. Like if you're in the top five or the top ten, do you make your money back? I mean, it's probably a loss leader for all of these companies, right? I don't think it's. Which is interesting because then you look at something. I, like, I don't know. You look at something like Haas, so it's just a giant money pit hobby for someone like Gene Haas. Yeah, I mean, he's a billionaire, but but if he makes it work, if he climbs up into it, the value of his, he could probably, you know, sell the team to someone. Sure. If need be, too. He, he, like he's increasing the value of the team as well. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I would say I'm I'm kind of drawn to Ferrari as far as like I love watching Verstappen. Race. Classic C-suite answer from UTC. But you know what, man? The way that Leclerc, he's 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 smooth, man. I I am a huge 
Leclerc fan. It's I just think. like he's, Sorry, he's what I envision when I see a when I yeah. when I think of a race car. He's driver. super smooth. That's just because he lives in Monaco. Monaco. And he's no, like no, I think young and handsome. And but then I, I thought that too, Randy. And then I saw the when they did the Ferrari episode in season two on kind of the rivalry between him and Vettel, and they were trying to get one of them to slow down and like let the other guy pass. And Vettel's like, "Nah, I'm not. You know, sorry, we'll talk about this later." But like, it just seems like uh, Leclerc's got mad skills, and he, especially if you look at how he fared in his, you know, jump to. Ferrari and compared to Pierre Gasly, who, you know, kind of folded a little bit and was was unable to make the the jump to the big you know, the uh the top of the uh what do they call it? The top of not the paddock, the top of the paddock. <laughs> podium. Podium. No, but they call it a paddock. He's like he's in the paddock. Like they call the uh race like area. The individual oh, like the, the team. Oh. Yeah, the team yeah. paddock. And then I'm I'm quite taken in season two, I'm quite taken by uh George Russell, the Williams driver who who is Basically inconsolable at one point because the car is so bad. The understeer is horrible. <laughs> Just like losing his mind if on the radio. We can't make these yeah. brakes work. I'm out of here, man. Because well, you can tell he's a he's a pretty like he's a talented driver. Another lesson been... for the PGA Tour: the driver, you know, team conversations over the radio is some of the most fascinating stuff. It's like it's not hard. Like just let you know, caddy player combo basically. P eleven. Yes. You really need to push box, it. Box. Box. All right. The car looks good. Go ahead. Let's close this gap. The gap is four seconds. Well, then let's let's just dive into the drivers. I mean, we're kind of getting there. I Verstappen. Verstappen's my my guy. He's a killer. Absolute killer. I don't like him though. He's a sociopath. Oh, for he's, sure. He's the jackal. He kind of reminds me of Brooks a little bit. Or like, I, I, I guess like he cares Patrick Cantlay. Yeah. yeah. He somebody the, like. I think that. the highlight of season one though is when he absolutely alphas uh, Ocon. Uh, yeah. After the race, when they're doing the weigh ins, yeah. yeah, and he just shoves him. He's like, "You are a fucking punk, bitch!" Yeah. And Ocon just starts going, "What did I do? What did I do?" <laughs> so, season one though details the dynamic between Verstappen and Ricardo. And Christian Horner's big thing is when Ricardo ends up leaving to go to Renault. Um, he thinks Ricardo essentially is kind of ducking the fight. Yeah, like but he I knows he's going to be the the beta. That's a little bit of mud raking after the fact. I think TC is right. I think they just threw the bag at him. I bet he got. I bet he got a better offer. So sure. I, like first of all, I thought the the Force India the relationship between Perez and Ocon, oh. where they're they're wrecking each other and all that. That like, was awesome yeah. too. Yeah. The, uh, which but, which side did you come out on? I thought oh, Perez was dude, a bitch. Checo is such a fluffer. Yes. He's just Carlos Slim's bag man. That, like that's exactly. he just brings the money with him, which mm-hmm. I thought was an interesting thing they dove into. Like, you know, if you have if these sponsors from a country like Mexico that you, they want the national pride, he can go to the the richest guy in the country, yeah. right, and say, hey man, like back me, right? That's that's which, amazing. As a team, makes sense. They had to. <laughs> they, like sense. their hands are tied. Right. Right. Um. But and then going back to Ricardo, like I, I had a bunch of so I put out the Ricky Fowler Ricardo take, and people were saying, you know, yeah, but Ricardo's won Monaco, he's won big races before. And it's like, yo, like Ricky's won big races too. He's never won like a world championship, or he's never been, you know, consistent. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not uh, in the know enough. But what what would you consider like the f- Three or four crown jewels, though, in the season. Like Monaco, Monaco. has to be one and of the I majors. I think Temple of Speed at Ferrari. I think Silverstone, definitely. 
in uh, outside London or maybe not outside London. Sorry to folks in the UK, wherever it is in, in it could be UK. outside London. Like DJ lives outside Chicago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think, and then Singapore, Singapore seems like a, nuts. a big one. I will say this about Ricardo <laughs> season opens with him, and they frame him as kind of the outsider. He's from Perth. He's, you know, he's worked his way up. He's worked hard. He's got skills. He's not scared. And he's not like the silver spoon guy. He does nothing to help himself throughout the the 19 other episodes I watch. And I, again, my girlfriend is watching all these with me. She hates Ricardo, hates him. She's like, all he ever does is say how good looking he is. And he goes, oh, I'm just kidding. I know, but, but it's, it's like, it's shut like, the fuck up, dude. After a while, he you're just, not he's like just the, kidding. He's like your friend who can't help but drop a one-liner, yeah. you know. The basketball I probably scene? have a problem with that, too, but he's just, he's annoying. He's like, no, it's because I'm so good-looking, you know, when he's on stage, or, oh, no, like, I'm, you know, just because I'm like, yeah, he's always cracking these. Because I'm so awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and he's always uh, smiling. He's just too, um, I don't know. He's too He's too aware of, of his... It's, it's. I don't know if it's. I don't think narcissism. He's, he's is like, right yeah, word, he's like he's, almost too aware to be that unaware of yes. like his whole deal. Yeah, the so, whole basketball scene where he's playing. Oh basketball. Yeah, painful, painful. Yeah, and <laughs> my girlfriend's like, they're gay, right? Like those two, like him and his trainer, like they're definitely like. But together. allegedly, like he. And he I'm like, I don't, I don't than anybody on the entire I circle. Don't know. Listen, listen. That's, She's like, I mean, look at the way he's shooting. He asked him. I'm like, yo. Maybe he didn't play a lot. I don't know what to tell you. I get a kick out of like his little like pale bird legs, you know? Oh, he's got that, like all he's the also training got that, is the uh, like the the like uh, quad sleeve tattoo. Yeah, you know, so he's wearing like the high shorts. He's all he's, you know. So he's. I'm yeah. not. I'm not bringing up anybody any of these race car drivers' sexuality because they're like the most. They're they're well, the no. It doesn't I, matter. I, no, no, it doesn't. But I thought I they were. I I the thought crossed my mind. They were setting it up as like. Oh well, this yeah. is like a look into his personal life, huh? Yeah. Uh, but no, so they were just friends. Uh, I, I do well, want to say, say? I, I, say? I, I think we might catch some heat for not including the French Grand Prix in well, one I of was our gonna say German, crown jewels too. in Germany, just because like yeah, it's like sure. the oldest, you know, whatever. Well, we can talk about the courses in a second. Okay. So, so Ricardo, I think they over feature in season one, and then they kind of show his struggles with Renault in season two. But I was glad that he featured less. Uh, a little bit of the rivalry with him and Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg is a is to me maybe the most not over. He just he what have you done for me lately? Well, dude? he's kind of like Ricky results wise. Yeah, where he had all the talent. And I wouldn't he, even he put can't him make in that a podium. Class. I wouldn't even. I mean, I don't even think he's in the Ricky class. Well, like give me be, give me Magnuson over Hulkenberg seven days a week. Yeah. I do like Ricardo as Ricky though because. He, you naturally gravitate to him just because there's a lot of pizzazz there. But the more time you spend there, it's like, oh, wait a second, this, like, he, is he really that interesting? Uh, I think they're more interesting people elsewhere. Yeah. And so, like you said, you know, I'm glad they went elsewhere. The yes. one that I'm not, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I don't really like signs. I, see, I do. I, I, I like he, him. Randy made a good point in his notes. He said, you know, he works. He definitely works hard. He wants it. Um, I think he's, you know, it's a little bit of. Uh, I'll the, rephrase the, the bloodline where he, I think he's, he could be a silver spoon kid, yeah. but I, I like to see him making a big effort to like, yeah. I'm going to carve out my own legacy. I, I, yeah. I think I respect signs. Um, I think one of the things that bothers me about him is he's always got his fucking cousin with him. 
What's his manager? Yeah, I know, but he's but he, like he just seems That's like he a, can't he can't do anything cousin, without his agent manager. Yeah, the cousin is is featured too much by Netflix, and he's got the glasses. He's a little thirsty, and the suave hair, and he just reminds me of every shitbag agent I've ever met. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good take. That's fair. And that that doesn't do him any. And it doesn't reflect well. Um, How baller is that uh, family meal though? <laughs> that they go no. to in Spain. <laughs> I know that was great. Um, I, I'm I'm with you though. I think it's more the cause. It's the fact that it's always the two of them. Yeah. It's never just like, Carlos yo, like, alone. Like step out of frame and like put the focus on him, right? Sure. Um, what about the the Haas drivers? <laughs> I, I think Grosjean needs to. Grosjean kind of like GTFO. Uh, I can't believe they gave him another year. I know. Like, I was surprised as well. I just feel like yeah, the should, one good race. Yeah, it's like, it go, like they I feel yeah. like Haas. So I think each. It seems like each. Um, he felt like Cougar. He lost the edge. Seems like a mental midget. They yeah. they dove into this a little bit in, in season two, but I think it's something interesting for additional seasons. Now is like really developing those storylines of how each team chooses their drivers, mm-hmm. where like you know. If, um, Say you know certain teams like veterans that are more well seasoned. Ferrari seems to like to, like you know they they promoted Leclerc early just because they had a you know a feeling on him. Red Bull will switch it up in a heartbeat, kind of thing. You and know? go young. Yeah, so, they they want to make Verstappen the youngest world champion. Mm-hmm. So it seems like Haas needs to figure out like what their what their identity is in that regard. And and that speaks to Mercedes too. So Lewis Hamilton, potentially the most interesting man in the world, guys. He's so swaggy. He's soft spoken. He's an absolute killer. Like he just seems like the not only like the, a humble, nice dude that like self made guy, but he's like he's the goat. Like he's a he, not maybe not the goat in F one, but like right now well, he's close to it. I mean, it was either really really good editing and, and kind of PR or like like, but I don't think it was. I think it was just the reality. Like you can tell like how hard he works and how like personally invested he is in it yeah like when it doesn't go well in germany and how he sits there watch, yeah. you know, watches the race and he just he's, he's like just, i can't believe i lost so it. inward yeah. focused with it but then that brings up uh botas who to me is vitaly I, I don't want to call it i think some of the diehards are gonna come at me it's not a wasted seat but he's such a uh he's such a wingman like but maybe the, to to your the, point though it's like team, maybe that's for the, the team, right play. that's what they yeah, want because they don't want the ferrari situation yeah. where they Vettel, don't want him yeah, to. They don't want him to compete, and he knows his role, and he says yeah. that he's just like, yeah, which I think I'm is really good. fascinating. Yeah, uh, that ex- you're exactly right. The, the that team dynamic dynamic but between the two seems drivers to come up on the podium a lot too. So they, they finish one two a lot because he's got because he's, he's got, got a the great best machine. car. Yeah. So it's at least yeah. they're probably saying this. So like, listen, he's still <laughs> doing really good. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, you so know, he hasn't lost, he hasn't lost his job. He's doing his like, job well, dude. Just keep it between the mayonnaise yeah. and the mustard. <laughs> and don't and, hit Hamilton. And score some points. Yeah. yeah. The interesting thing about Botas, he was he was with Williams before this. Can you imagine going from Williams to Mercedes? It's almost like you signed a little bit of a deal with the devil, though, in that. You're gonna be the number two. So I got like a, you might win from time yeah. to time, but you're the number two. I got a little bit of PTSD watching like the Williams episodes, and and this whole thing, it reminds me a little bit of uh, like Ivy League football, you know, because there's like a set eight teams and you play each other, and it's very self-contained in that way. And every year Columbia football, we'd start off and be like, God, this is the year, like we're gonna do it, we're you know, and then just late in the season, and you're like, God, we are at the bottom of the league and <laughs> yeah. everyone's working so hard still 
and you're not getting any results and all this little stuff keeps going wrong. And it, you just see what the pit crews and the guys, uh, you know, when they're watching the race on the, like the little mobile computers, you know, and they're sitting up there and they're just oh. like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> how does this keep happening? Here we go again. Here we go again. And I was just like, oh my God, I, I, I actually can relate so much to that yeah. feeling um, of how, of how it's like, cause it's, it's, it's so final, like halfway through the year, you're like, dude, we don't have a chance now. Like there's no, what's, what is there to play what for? What are we racing what for? Are we, what are we racing for? Uh, one thing I found interesting in season two, it was the, the switcheroo that, uh, Red Bull did and brought in, um, you know, they, they banished, uh, Pierre Gosley. Yeah. Gosley to the, uh, Scuderia tour. Toro Rosso team, and then brought up um, the English Thai guy. Yeah, Albin. 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 And I was really impressed. Like he, he, he seems to just be a really good natural driver. Yeah, it seems like he had some some dark times and was able. His to mom seems kind of a, co- like a nut. Come too. back out of it, but I think some of this to me was a little bit of editing. Like I kind of think Gasly sure. got got shafted a little bit. Like they pulled the plug on him a little too soon, maybe, but. They edit in like a lot of the uh, driver, um, you know, who have coach principal talk, and they edit in the stuff where they're like, "We need to pass, we need to pass," and he's like, oh, "I can't do it." And they make him, they almost make it seem like he's gun shy, yeah. where I don't know if he really was. But then, like with Verstappen, they're like, "Great job, Max." You know, they're <laughs> right, like, right. they're really setting up the like, this guy's not delivering, and he is. But they they also explain throughout the series how you have the same car as your teammate. So like if, if you're you should be well, that's anybody, what makes the rivalry so yeah. fascinating. It's like if you're doing that much worse than Verstappen, like dude, we got to find somebody else because yeah. clearly the car is not the problem. Yeah, that, there's nowhere to hide. That's what goes back to that team dynamic of some teams struggle so much with like, do we make somebody our A driver and be, but they're in the same machine? Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting. Um, what'd you guys think of another season one? But uh, Esteban Okun. Yeah, he's a he's just a he's a but not personally. But I was surprised he didn't get a ride, right? Yeah, for the 2019 season because again, the way they edited it now, you know, we're we're at the mercy of the editors. But like, he seemed really promising. Some of the other drivers were speaking very highly of him. I think one of the good things about this series is it it teaches you what success is for different for very like in context Mm -hmm. because success for. Haas is far different than success for yeah. Ferrari or Mercedes, but you wouldn't really understand that if not if you were just getting into the sport and really it would take years to understand that you know like what the what the ceiling or what the floor on some of these teams is. So, you know, I think some of it like they, but the 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 downside of that is sometimes I feel like the overall competition gets neutered just a little bit where. They, they play into those expectations so much that it feels like there's some moral victories here or there, or there's some, you know. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it's like some guys are so happy about a seventh place finish. And if yeah. I were just tuning in as didn't know anything, I'm like, why, why are you happy about seventh? That sucks. P5, but. P5. Great <laughs> yeah. job. Great job, guys. Yeah. Best day of my life. But it, do, it does give you context into well, you know, they just desperately need points and the constructors are trying to finish like fifth yeah. and, you know. I would say in season one when it was announced that um, Pierre Gasly got the Red Bull role and then uh, Charles Leclerc went to... Charles Leclerc. 
Ferrari. I remember saying, like, what happened to Ocon? Why why is he I know. getting boxed out? So I think compared to Checo, like if he didn't if he if Ocon had the money, I think he deserves that seat if he had the money. Right. But he didn't. So he's an odd man out there. I guess I mean my question would then be to Red Bull. But it seems it also feels like Red Bull uh likes to like Gasly came up in Red Bull's junior team and they yeah. like they almost have a farm system so maybe they didn't even look that direction that's why like like you know going back to that that guy um george the guy racing for williams like he came up with mercedes and their some of their minor league teams and it, and it seems like at f- first glance that all right cool like toto told him go race for williams for one year two years we'll give you value yeah. Yeah. You know, well, that brings back which to which I can tell you about spot. like peeking around the corner because we're a year behind. Yeah. Okun takes over for Hulkenberg at Renault. Okay. Starting in 2020. Well, how about Mc- McLaren? There's a storyline with they have that young driver, Land- Lando. Yeah. And then they don't Lando go back to Norris. it. So I don't know how he did. Like they don't talk about him again where they had right. Science and, uh, and Lando. And <laughs> they were, su- you know, Zach Brown's like, oh, this kid's the future, man. I'm telling <laughs> he was you. The, he, was, he won the Formula Two. Yeah. What's your thought on Zach Brown? Uh, he's, he's just a lot. Yeah. Right? He, he seemed. I, I really didn't like him first impression, yeah. but he kind of grew on me. The more I'm like, oh, you know, he was. Seems it, like he's giving it a good he, effort. He and, didn't make a good first impression with like the cell phone on the, clipped on the belt. Yeah. You know, it just felt he felt just kind of like a. Uh, seems like he was tossing out investment. Cliches. He felt like an investment banker, master of the universe, private equity, like. Guy, come bring it. I'm gonna like, turn this ship around. Right. Where it's like, are you really? Or are you just right. here for three years and then you're gonna put it on your resume? <laughs> yeah. So, but you're, I'm with you, Randy. By the end of season two, I felt a, a lot better about him. I was more on board with him. Uh well, then just some other like season two. I thought, or, or no, here's before. I think one of my the the other favorite highlight that we haven't touched on from season one. I would have never guessed that they actually race in the rain. I thought that was fascinating. Oh, yeah, and it gets real, huh? Yeah. I, I would have thought it's like, you know, because NASCAR, all these other races, I yeah. think, will, won't yeah. race in the rain. The rain was that was fun to watch. Awesome. My question, uh, technical question for you, and I don't know if you guys know the answer. So when there's a crash and they bring out the pace car on the restart, are they all allowed to just bunch up? They can't pass each other, but like it closes the four-second gap or the eight-second gap, or do they have to I th- space I think, that out? I do think that's the way it works, yeah. It's just like, cool, now everybody's back, and it's... I, yeah, I believe you keep your position, obviously, but 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 you... But if you're down a lap, yeah. you, you can't, like... You, you just have to stay down a lap. Yeah. Like, you can't circle... You can't zoom around everybody and, like, come back on the lead lap. Yeah. But that's crazy because yeah. if someone's, you know, right, ten seconds up, it's like oh, crap. No, yeah, now right. I got Hamilton behind me. It's the 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 race starts are unbelievable. How it's it's just a dead sprint to like that first turn, and then you're just like, oh, anyway. and it seems like it seems guys, like there's going to be a huge crash. Seems every like time. guys are allowed to go out off the track to avoid to avoid yeah. to avoid, but not just to cut the corner. Basically, correct. Yeah. yeah, correct. Um, I know the way they go for the the overtake, or the best. I honestly, Verstappen is the best at the f- like faking one way. I mean, the way he's unbelievable on the on the way. But, he but there's nothing finesse people. about it either. It's just straight. 
He's a bully. He's it a, kinda reminds he's a true me, like, bully. It's, it's, it's like the way Brooks played Beth Page or whatever, where he's just like, yeah, dude, I'm going to hit a 340 down yeah. the middle, dead straight. There's no curve on or anything like that. Yeah. It's decisive. Uh, before we get to season two, you want to talk about the circuits at all? Yes. Like favorite, yeah. favorite ones? All right. I have uh, Singapore, Azerbaijan, uh, the Temple of Speed. Uh, and I like the anything in the Alps in, in kind of Central Europe, anytime elevation is introduced, yeah. it's such a cool feel like when they're coming up and down the hills. Right. I think that's that's a, a great vibe. Um, no Monaco. No Monaco. Too. Well, the, I, I, the street stuff, like Singapore and Azerbaijan for the, the streets. Monaco's awesome, absolutely. Sorry to leave that out. Those are my, my Those are the ones that stuck out to me. Silverstone seems like it's the home of Formula One, but it also was, I don't know, maybe a little boring. Azerbaijan seems like a like a racers, yeah, like a racers circuit. I think Ricardo says that at one point, like it's just good old fashioned street racing. Yeah, the and, ones that they don't like, they didn't really focus on Sochi, Russia at all. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a pretty interesting one. They didn't, I, I they didn't really they focus on J- Japan. I wish they'd put it in like, like St. Petersburg. Petersburg. <laughs> yeah. Well, then they had uh, Sao Paulo they showed in season two. Yeah. Uh, they didn't show Japan much other than other than the Red Bull like publicity <laughs> when he was just driving up and down the street, which I was thinking like, dude, what if he loses control of his car? <laughs> like <laughs> just a bunch of Japanese people taking pictures behind like a very thin barrier and he's going like 200 miles an hour. So, uh Singapore is nuts because it's at night. Yeah. It, it's just like s- such a cool visual. Uh, Abu Dhabi, I thought, was kind of cool, though, too. Isn't um, that the most uh, expensive one? I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I think that, yeah. that was the most expensive track ever built. And then, uh, like, I wish Circuit of the Americas, they're supposed to have a, Which gr- is in Austin, a Grand Prix right? yeah, outside of Austin. It's like it, there is some elevation and everything, but I feel like it looks. It looks so Americanized because of the chicanes and all yeah, that. Yeah, well, well like, it was good to see McConaughey getting a little FaceTime, <laughs> you know, cheering, cheering Lewis on. Obviously, he's, he's a front runner. But the, um, they're, spo- they're supposed to have one next year in 2021 down in Miami. Like a street? It, or it's like up, up in Miami Gardens by Hard Rock Stadium. But That could be a road trip for the boys. The more, bottom line, the more street, I love street courses. Yes. yes 100%. Yes, absolutely. I mean, tough to do in... They were trying to do one in Boston, um, in the seaport. That'd be unbelievable. Yeah. But I think there was just all sorts of arcane regulations, and you know, it was it was going to be a disaster. So, so season two, I, I we've talked about a lot, not a lot of it, but we've we've hinted on some of the stuff. Um, all right, let's go back to Haas. Okay. Because rich, rich energy. Sure. We got to talk about rich energy. Oh my god, that guy seems like the worst kind of. Worst kind of human, just flying in on the helicopter, but then won't pay, you know, he won't pay his invoice. He just stiffs them. It's unbelievable. Like, what a, uh, man. They weren't winning enough. But it was like three races in. He's like, nah, you guys suck. I'm out of here. Like, you can't do that. He probably saw Gunter freaking freaking out all over the (laughs) paddock. They terminated their sponsorship on on Twitter saying that (laughs) (laughs) due to the team's poor performance in Formula One Group's politics and attitude. Uh, And then there was a statement the next day by the company saying, 
The shareholders attempted to disown the, the announcement, stating that the apparent termination of the sponsorship deal was the rogue actions of one individual, which means like that William Story guy uh, accused his company shareholders of mounting a, a coup. Well, the shareholders were probably like, dude, that's an ironclad contract. You can't do that. <laughs> You're going to make us look really yeah, bad here. You can't do that. Yeah. He reminded me of a character out of, like, I've never watched it before, but a character out of, like, Game of Thrones or something. Or, or Batman. Like, he just seems like a bad guy. Any villain in like any. He should be on, like, Duck Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he just, looks like. He's a, tr he's a Bond villain, basically. <laughs> right? He's showing up in this, like, black tie yeah. uh, dinner for Haas, and he's just, I mean, he just seems like a tough guy to get along with. There, there's all sorts of copyright infringement stuff, and, and actually, Red Bull, I think, uh, tried to alpha them as far as you know getting off their block on the energy uh, yeah. game so the highlight of season two for me was was the williams fiasco at the beginning yeah. of like during testing where they think so they bring in a prominent like car designer right who used to be a, i think mercedes right yeah and he's but, a, a irish guy but or? then it's not working <laughs> patty something but it's it? not working and they can't figure it's it out not on schedule they can't even get the car to Spain, like they can't. Well, no, that then they say, the and then they're like, "All right, cool, we're gonna put one of you in the old car." Or, or no, what? that was Haas. Oh, that's Haas. Ha oh, you're talking about Williams. Yeah. Was like, we don't know what's wrong. We're, we're, we're going back to the Melbourne. We need a specs. baseline. Yeah. yeah, we need a baseline. We're and gonna put one of you in the old car. The best was both drivers were like, "I'll drive the old car." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they were like, "No," Gunther's like, "No, <laughs> we make a decision. I, I'll own it." <laughs> They're, they're, well, they were both like, hey, listen, I'm happy to drive. I'm, uh, listen, <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm, take I'll, I'll take one for the team. No, I'll take one for the team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Haas. Uh, so Williams, right, they, 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 everything's behind schedule. I, it seemed like the blame was starting to get shifted onto this, and I don't have his name in front of me, but the, the, the designer, and he was like, yo, this is not <laughs> – y'all ain't blaming this on me. I'm out. And it was it was like he was pretty new into his role yeah. too, and so he he had kind of come in championed as this as this fixer who was going to clean things up and help him get their act together. And then it's so funny to see it all play out because you're like, oh yeah, like maybe they are getting their shit together. <laughs> then it's even yeah. more of a dumpster fire. Williams reminds me of the Cincinnati Bengals there for a while, uh, like family ownership. It's the second generation. You know, you're you're removed from the original. Yeah. owner and then it, like the coaches right they're bringing in these coaches oh we're gonna bring in dick LeBeau. yeah he's had so much success over here and it, and like he goes two and 14 and he he resigns yeah. like that was the exact it was ptsd on like oh this yeah that's what it's like to be a well Bengals how about fan. the advisors like nikki lauda working with mercedes uh and then the red bull guy who they show him in the episode where they demote pierre gasly I, I can't remember the guy's name but he's just they show these shots of him just being like Looking at Pierre Gasly's numbers and just being like rolling his eyes, like Shit, that guy sucks. Get him out of here. And he's like this legendary like advisor for Red Bull. He's like, yeah, yeah guy doesn't have it. See ya. The whole racing dynamic, though, you think about like every race. Either everybody's happy because you got a desired result, or else the driver is so ashamed to like meet the rest of the team because he's messed up. Or the engineers are so shamed and to like can't the face the drive. Yeah. Give me a good car. It's yeah. like you're. It's, there's always conflict. There's just so much pressure because yeah. there's so much money on the line, yeah, right. right? And it's like why? Like, <laughs> yeah. But you're so reliant on like yeah. so many different people. Oh, how oh. many points do you guys think um, Williams got in 2019? 
Oh, uh, I remember they got absurdly low in 18. I, constructor for the full year? Yeah. I don't know what. Like don't know. 20? One. <laughs> so they got one P9 or one P10? They got yeah. one tenth at the German yeah. Grand Prix. Other than that, they were. I remember in the last episode, she like cracks a joke. She's like, well, we beat Vettel. <laughs> it's because he, and they show this like clip of him crashing. <laughs> They do. They they have to secretly root for like those big pileups yeah. at the start. It's the only like, chance. Yeah, we're just gonna screw yeah. by. How about I? I know I dogged Sans earlier. How about him in the last episode going from twentieth to that was third? That was Brazil, right? Yeah, in yeah. Sao Paulo. Yeah, mm-hmm. he goes. He starts at the back because of a bad qualify, qualifying lap, and he he ends up going from twentieth all the way up to. I and, think ends it's up his getting, first podium, right? Yeah, he ends up getting his first podium. Uh, and then obviously his cousin's like, nah, you know, he gets like his cousin like takes the spotlight from him. Like, no, we're going to go celebrate on the podium so I can get on camera. Yeah. How about a lot of these guys living in Monaco? Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Well, That's good. Yeah. yeah. Like that, it, the, you know, it's taxes. It's, does that seem cool? Party boy no? nation. <laughs> would, would you like to do that? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, that was the, that was the crazy part about, um, uh, Albon, like he was, he was living at his family's house, and then all of a sudden he gets upgraded to. Yeah, he looked like he was living in the Peaky Blinders neighborhood. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, yo, you're you're on the squad now. Cool, we're gonna put you. In, yeah, in a, <laughs> on a waterfront apartment, baller condo in Monaco. And his his mom helps him move in. It almost was like she was like, I'm gonna stay. <laughs> it yeah. felt like she was trying to trying to hang for as long as possible. If you don't know how long it's gonna last, you might as well live it yeah. up, right? I would like to see though more on the. Uh, the travel they show the private jet with uh, Renault in season two and how they're flying together but I'd like to know more about the in between how they get things yeah, from here to just there the logistics logistics in general because um, I'm sure there's probably some drama like I gotta think that at some point something a shipment doesn't make it or like how do they mm-hmm. make sure that everything shows up together to each event and they don't lo- they have to put it all on the same plane then right like I don't right uh, or, or or maybe or they s- ship it. Same, I don't know. Same boat. I, I don't like know. Like same. Maybe that's part of the reason why this shit's so expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'd also like to get a breakdown. Endlessly fascinated. Will never be boring of how quickly they change the tire. How how quickly the box takes. Do they put gas in when they box? <laughs> I don't or know. Is it pure tires. I, I have no clue. It's it's crazy. But it's four seconds, five seconds. Because that's one of the biggest differences between F1 and like indie racing. They always used to have to take gas. And so it'd be, you know, like 10, 12, 15 second pit stop. I can't imagine it's what, 80 laps most events, right? In that? Yeah, somewhere around like 50, 60. It probably depends on, you know, how big they are. They gotta get gas, right? Those things are, they can't be efficient. I would think. How do they get it in that quickly? Yeah. (laughs) Just like a pressure washer. I want the Haas guys couldn't get on the tire, get the tire <laughs> early on. in season one. Uh, that was that was hard to watch. That guy's he's like crying. He's oh, yeah. couldn't put felt, the tire. That's on. the thing. It's like you make a mistake like that. You, you stop the car. Stop look, the car. The whole team is just staring daggers yes. into you. Oh, terrible feeling. So they're they're set to put a hundred and seventy five million dollar cap on as far that's as like the spending first season. Cap. Yeah. So they like that's the you know you, the team's account is one hundred seventy five million. <laughs> And I'm not sure how much of that goes into development or whatnot, but I would be very curious. Like, what do you, what do you, what does Mercedes cut from? What that? do you cut out of your five hundred million dollar budget? Right. Yeah. Is it people? Imagine how strong. I don't know. Is that Liberty Media? Like, is that the governing body? 
Like, yeah. imagine a governing body that's willing to piss off their most successful franchises. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but it's better for the sport. It's got to be better for the sport. I, it's such a, it's it's a great decision, but it's not an easy decision. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, props to them. I think this this whole podcast for me is just it's like the dipping your toe in the water, and you could you could spend a whole day learning about you know each different well, element. Let me, yeah, of, let me ask you this: What from the two seasons we've watched? What are the storylines you wish there were more of like one or two that you're like man i wish they would have dug deeper into x or y um that's a good question i think some of it is the biz the business of like or the the actual setup of of you know hey this is this is like this is how we get from point a to point b like the finances and or just just like how, this is how we spend money. This is why we spend money. No, like just sort of just thing? no, just Logistics. physically. How do they yeah. get? Oh, from, moving from race from, to race. Yeah, it's almost from, like when Hard Knocks shows the equipment guys, like when they when they're taking the when they're setting up for the preseason stuff and all yeah. that goes into like setting up the pads and getting them from A to B. Like that's always really interesting. I think my uh, team related. I want more on the strolls. I want. I hate him. I viscerally can't stand him when he's on screen. They're yeah, fun to you know, like yeah. I, you know, I might have a silver spoon, but <laughs> oh like God. I'm pretty good. Well, uh, like, I'm like pretty good. Yeah, I'm Lance Stroll. I drive for. Uh, yeah, I don't know who I drive for this year. Wait, I, I gotta ask my dad. Who did my dad buy? Yeah, <laughs> it, I, can I say that yet? <laughs> well, yeah, I might be driving for somebody else next year. <laughs> The crazy part is though, like he had some decent results. Fuck boy, <laughs> total fuck boy. He finished. But I want, I want more. I want to, I do a profile sure. on him, right? Because the guys, the 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 guys who elicit that visceral reaction are. It's the perfect just as example fun of as, how golf. If they yeah. like have some villains, some, right. You know, like yeah, sure, man. Like you can, you can race, but we're not gonna whitewash that people aren't gonna like you. I, so to answer your question, I think what I would appreciate would be a more technical tell me what makes a good driver a good driver like like what like where is it the angles they're taking yeah. is it like how, how are they making up time where, like, where are the exactly margins? like how they get their car around the course like what, what makes this person better than this Because sometimes when they go like they'll go wide on the turn and hit like the stripe yeah. section and i'm yeah. like oh man that's not a good turn and then i'll see the next car come around right. and do the same thing i'm like i guess that is a good turn like <laughs> You know, I'm like trying to educate myself watching it. Right. Like, That's not a good corner. Well, I guess it was a good corner. It's like, yeah, it's like identifying where the differences in machines stop yeah. and where like the driver skill begins. And how how hard, like it seems like a lot of the time they're they're easing up on the car a little bit or going mm-hmm. 90, cool the 90% cool. or 92% of the time. Cool the whereas Nico, they're, cool just, the they're just going for broke towards the end of the season and knowing, hey, this is, yeah. you know, like how... Take us, like, when is that going on versus when is it balls to the yeah. wall? Question for you guys. How do you feel about Buxton, the reporter? But he's also Will, like the, Will Buxton. He's also yeah. like the MC. He's yeah. like, it's like, he seems I to like have him. some conflicts of interest, though, yeah, where he's like yeah, sure, reporting whatever. on it, but he's yeah. also like, I'll host a team event for you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe well, a little Jim Nance, right? Where he's like, yeah. he's a hawk and titleist. Well, balls, he, he, but... wor- he works for Liberty Media. Okay. Oh, so he, okay. he, he works for the, you know, he, like he's part of the media yeah. enterprise of the whole thing. 
how cool are some of the driver warm-ups? Like the juggling and the, yes. just the reaction. Like they the work quick out reaction a ton, tests. too. They're yeah. always showing them grinding in the gym, which yeah. I I appreciated all that footage. They're doing like the stare at your trainer yeah. while you catch tennis balls. And I, I like that stuff. Uh, all right. Anything... Uh, Anything we failed to to cover well, when here? Does, when does F one come back? Any any news on that? Uh, let's see. Because I think I got to think they are dying from a business standpoint right now. I don't so, know. Looks like everybody there they're working on their schedule. Uh, and normally the season starts in uh, Melbourne. Is that February or is it March? March, I believe. March. Mm-hmm. So they've missed two months. Yeah. So I'm reading the headline. Uh, currencies is, is on hold until at least July. Okay. Uh, they're considering adding venues that were not on the original 2020 calendar. Uh, this season might run into next year. It, you know, Gotta like have, everything, it's I very, mean, it's no, very but even fluid for them, right even now. more so because it's international. Yeah. Right. So it's like, man, you know, if they're hot, hot spots and stuff with the virus, like that's a complete rat's nest yeah well then and, and then it's crazy because you've got form you got the you know formula one but then you've got like the the the, the fia and all that so it's you've got kind of a governing body as well as the actual league or entity they're not the same thing and then that was the only other thing i wanted to talk about was just some of the some of the rules of, of like like that's what i'd like to learn a little bit more about if, of you know when so as we've gone along, I've, I've watched a few of these, like I've, I tune in now most of the time, if, especially if it's on like a Sunday morning and, and I can watch it. Um, but where, you know, if there's a, a penalty or the stewards are looking into something, right. You know, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, so. Right. Just determining, Oh, that, you know, he didn't have a right to hold his line there. You know, it's yeah. like, it's kind of like the horse racing. Uh, Some of the, the rules, who, yeah, who, would be helpful. Who judge what's legal or not? Um, but what I mean overall, what a good example of a, a way to put something on the map for somebody. Oh. Like, if you want to grow the game, like yeah, talk exactly. about growing the game. Like, yo, you have my attention. Yeah, and you don't have to spoon feed it to people. Like, like we're all sitting here talking about God. I love this series. I didn't understand a lot of it, but the onus was on me to research it and dig deeper it wasn't on them to completely spoon feed it to me right so i think even some, like like the, some of our criticisms or what we'd like to see more of maybe that's just like like that's just a me problem but yeah right? it's just it's such a lesson personalities are so important it's personality driven yeah. you have to have access you gotta and, have and you gotta give like the editors or the creators freedom uh, it seems like you know it's it's it, on one hand it's a simple formula but good luck trying to get like a huge body to agree to all that. Well, sh- and honestly, shout out to Liberty Media. And just like giving them permission to, I'm sure they like give them drone permission to fly over the, yeah. ra- you know, like some of the camera shots. Live rights, basically. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like, cool. Well, Netflix, you, they're allowed, be, you know, this, these guys are doing something. Right. They're like the, they're the seals, man. Like let them do their thing. And, and that's to get back to a point, Tron, you made it earlier, much earlier was like if F1 where, it's it is life or death if you make mistakes in the competition. Is willing to do that? <laughs> like if we're talking about golf, yeah, right. Like golf, man. Nobody nobody's gonna get hurt or die. Yeah. Or, like 
give people access, let them have rights, let them do this stuff. Like, man, it seems like a no brainer. All right. Uh, that was fun guys. Uh, as always, thank you Carter brothers for joining. We may have to do another one in three, three to four months. Once things heat back up. I know I'm kind of, yeah. we'll be, the I think we'll be following two. things. I'm, I'm itching. Yeah. So honestly, get at us, get at me. If, if I, if I said some stuff that was out of line, I'm sure we said a lot of stuff. I'm sure stuff. the hardos are going to yeah. No, Cause I want to be Rolling. educated. I, I'd actually like if people have answers to some of my questions. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Like, no, yo, I, I welcome it. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm sure we've, I'm sure we've got somebody out some there stuff. who's, who's a, Big fan, but also like in the know or part of this ecosystem. Hey, we'd love to have you on. So yeah, yeah. if you're out there. All right. Uh, well, until next time, uh, cheers and let's, let's go. Uh, rack on. Should we throw it to Jeezy? Yeah, let's go drink some rich energies and get out of here. <laughs> Favorite rapper, hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper.